Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee, one of the managing editors at AnyFem. You can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can also hang out with me on Twitter, at Jose Next Door. And I am joined today by my fellow AnyFem staffers, Chiaki and Peter. Hi, uh, I'm Chiaki, one of the editors for AnyFem, and you can find me at, at Chiaki747 or at Animated Empress on Twitter. One's private, one's not. Both have me screaming at odd hours of the night. And I'm Peter Phobian. I'm a producer at Crunchyroll and editor at Anime Feminist. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Peter Phobian. And today we are covering the fall 2020 season retrospective. We'll be getting into all the shows we touched on at the mid-season point, let you know how they did here down the stretch. We are recording this on, uh, where I am anyway, a snowy New Year's Day. Uh, my co-hosts were responsible and partied lightly last night. I was not. So I'm hurting a little bit today, folks at home, and we will, but it won't affect anything. This will be a perfect and wonderful podcast. Um, uh, Okay, so we do have a lot of shows to cover, so we will get right into it. Uh, Peter, is there anything you wanted to say about our last crusade, which was the bottom of our red flags list, um, that you're the only person? Oh, no, Chiaki, you watched that one too. You guys have any, sorry, do you guys have anything to say about that one that wasn't covered at the mid-season, or can we just move on, move on from it? Uh, I don't know about Chiaki, but I kind of dropped it at the mid-season point. Mm-hmm. It was, um, yeah, we were the only ones talking about it, but I don't know. I, I, I just I just ran out of juice for it. I watched all of it. Um, oh, wow. cool. It's it's wow. more the same, more, more or less. I, I feel like the more the longer the show runs, the more it feels like the war that is, that is so central to this story is totally meaningless. No one is ever actually like actually trying to kill each other that i'm like are you guys actually enemies or is this like some really really weird like lover's quarrel going on here it's not even a lover's quarrel because iska and alice are totally just teaming up like 80 percent of the time rather than actually fighting each other okay and it just ended right or does it have uh, a second core? it's it's definitely promising a second season but there's well. yeah uh it, like there's no there's no resolution, but I think the the, mm-hmm. the core is over. Okay, so more of the same. Not necess- I know it was never really something you would recommend. You were just kind of watching it. Um, if you got into it, you got into it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, then we can move right along into the Yellow Flags category um, and up to Hypnosis Mike, which um, I think ended up being kind of like the silly trash show that... Uh, the few of us who were watching it enjoyed. I low-key dropped this at like episode eight because the middle arc is a, the middle act is a huge, it's kind of a slog. Uh, but then both Chiaki and Caitlin told me that it got really fun pretty much right after that. So I was like, eh, okay, I've got a free evening. Let me see how this goes. Uh, I immediately got sucked into the actual like rap battles that take up the final arc. Uh, the show continues to be ridiculous and pretty sexist, but it is so silly that it just kind of slides right off me i can't really get upset about it um so i had fun um i ended up not it was not a it was not a recommendation that i picked this year for our for our recommendations article but i mean yeah i had a good time with it i giggled a lot um i enjoyed i enjoyed the music so it it was what it was Uh, how about you chiaki no yeah i i just enjoyed watching the music videos i didn't like watch it watch it but it was definitely a show that i had on a second screen while i was doing other work and it mm-hmm. was, you know, it was um, a good, I think, I think the show finished out in a good way. 
even though it just promises a season two at this point. It's another one that teases a season two or go play the game, I guess. Um, but I, I still enjoyed it. I Parts of the cast just did nothing for me, but then other parts of the cast I really enjoyed. Uh, the the Matenro team uh, with Dapo and Hifumi were delightful. Um, we I think everyone is in agreement that they are boyfriends. <laughs> and whether the show wants to admit it or not. Um, so yeah, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It's It's one where like, Try the first couple episodes. If you enjoy it, keep watching. If not, like it's it's gonna just keep kind of being that. It it's ridiculous and yeah. So it's fun. Uh, okay, Chiaki. Next up is the Higurashi, the new or reboot or whatever they're calling it. Um, you watched that all the way through. Oh, Peter, you did too. Okay, yeah. I'm the only uh, one who I never got into it. it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I didn't catch up on it. I like didn't have. I wasn't gonna watch it over the course of the season but i had some spare time so i think i got up to episode six and then never got any further mm-hmm. not through um intentional choice it's just what happened i promise it happens yeah, yeah. so if, um okay chiaki regale yeah, us so if you go back to the mid-season check-in i was saying mm-hmm. that it was a very difficult show for me to get through especially because mm-hmm. of sort of the psychological horror elements and sort of the gruesomeness of the first arc yeah um but I feel like the later arcs now have settled to be a little less um, extreme. So it was a lot more watchable for me. Um, at the same time, I, the latest arcs end just kind of left me going like, what the heck just happened? And I know mm-hmm. that the, I know that Higurashi is supposed to have that effect on people, but like I'm coming as somebody who has read some you know, some of the wiki articles and like kind of followed up on, okay, what actually happens and spoiled myself. Uh-huh. And I'm still, so you have some background context. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still kind of going like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> mm. That's not a great sign. Uh, is it, is it a two core? Is it continuing into the winter? Um, it says, according to Funimation, it's only 13 episodes and it's hit the 13 episodes. So I'm not huh. sure, but, oh, but it did promise for next time. On Higurashi, we're starting the next arc, so I'm guessing they're going to have a second core. I, oh I yeah, don't... so there must be whether, yeah, maybe maybe it's split or maybe it maybe it'll just kick right back up here in a minute. Um, okay, so that I mean, so maybe there's there's a chance that the things that are confusing will will come back around and you'll you'll understand what's going on eventually. I know Higurashi's a big twisty mind freak a little bit. Um, because I've seen the original, which it's been a long time. I would tentatively recommend it, but it's been so long. I'm not, it's a very hesitant recommendation uh, just because I don't have it fresh in my memory. Um, but yeah, I've heard some kind of mixed things about the new one, but if you keep up with it, you know, you can come back and let us know uh, how it continues. And if those, you know, mysteries and confusions kind of start to unveil themselves going forward. Okay. Anything else on that one? Anything folks should be aware of other than obviously the violence. And I know there's some like moified kind of camera angle infantilization type stuff here and there. Although I know the show is also sort of engaging with that, or at least the original did. Well, um, um, it's, I, I didn't feel it was very as pronounced. Um, I feel yeah. like the show overall is just trying to go for shock value. Oh, that's unfortunate. Cause I never, the original is definitely has some shock value moments, but most of the time it feels like it's serving a purpose. Again, I'm talking on a very fuzzy memory of it. Um, but that's kind yeah. of the maid cafe is a choice. Yeah. <laughs> kind of similar. Like it's not so much. Um, they're just trying to be shocking to be shocking, but 
I also mm-hmm. feel like some of the decisions or the directions they're making in this new anime is specifically because people are expecting those same beats from the first season or the first original oh. anime, and they're like, "No, yeah. haha, we're we're changing it up just so that we're gonna keep you guessing." And I'm kind of like, "Okay, this is really keeping me guessing. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on." Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you're continuing to come back for more, so something they're doing something yeah, <laughs> right, yes. I suppose. <laughs> Um, yeah, so just, I guess, keep up with it, and if you, I mean, if you want to, and let us know if you do how it turns out. Uh, okay, so next up is Warlords of Sigurdrifa, which I think I, I continue to be pretty sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but that's all good. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, I ended up dropping this one. I fell off at about the midway point. Um, I got busy. We were doing a watch-along in addition to all the other shows I was watching, and I just didn't have time for it. Um, they pretty heavily death-flagged a character and then followed through on it. It was not surprising in the least. And it also, and I think you can heavily foreshadow a death and have it still be impactful when it happens because you're basically building a sense of dread and then like, oh, please don't actually do the thing. Um I really felt nothing when this happened, and I definitely was supposed to. And that was kind of the moment when I went, okay, whatever enjoyment I was getting out of this show when it was lighter, um, now that it's gotten more serious, like, I'm clearly not invested enough in it for it to hit. So it ended up just kind of falling by the wayside um, when when I started getting busy with other stuff. Uh, Chiaki, you finished it, though. Yeah, I mean, I just finished it for the sake of finishing it. I I definitely felt Uh the same um, (laughs) sense of... Yeah, I guess that happened. All right, let's just... I only have a few more episodes. Let's just go for it. Um, Mm -hmm. Kept, you know, one eye on it while I was doing other things. A ringing endorsement. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Other than, I mean, uh, some of the fanservice-y stuff, and again, obviously, it's a show that has some violence. Though nothing... I don't remember anything particularly graphic. Fanservice goes away in the final arc. Um, okay well that's good at least and i I was hoping i mean you'd you'd hope once the show gets more serious that it's not going to throw in a bunch of like random butt shots or something because that's just bad storytelling overall it just just goes ham though with like how serious Mm. everything is oh like to the point where you really can't take it seriously it just kind of comes across as cheesy i mean or melodramatic i guess okay sure Yeah. yeah um I, one thing that I kind of kept la- uh, kind of giggling about was how the world leaders kept coming in at the final arc going like, we're going to have to win against, you know, these uh, Norse gods. And I'm like, you guys are doing absolutely nothing. You have been sitting in that bunker for this entire core <laughs> with like sitting inside the bunker going like, we got to defend humanity. Like you guys are not doing anything. And then at the very end, they're like, yeah, we, we, we saved humanity. Like you guys did shit. <laughs> I mean, that sounds about right, though, right? <laughs> That's true. Um, they were uh, they were managing. They were co- they were coordinating from the sidelines. Yeah, Zordon um, status. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sigurdrifer doesn't sound like um, one that you would necessarily that you would recommend at this point. Um, it was yeah, it was fine. It just it doesn't really it doesn't really do anything for either of us by the end. Yeah. Um, okay, Tony Kawa is next on the list. Peter, you did end up finishing that. I know Mercedes also. Uh, Mercedes really enjoyed this one. How did you? Uh, how did you find it all the way through? Um, I thought it was kind of a decent sitcom. I gotta admit, I was kind of like flagging near the end, and the mm-hmm. conclusion just sort of happened, and the yeah. series was over. So I don't know if I'd give it a strong recommendation, but I think it was fine. I know there were a lot of concerns about it being like Abenome or something like that, where it's really trying to push people to get married, but I, I didn't mm-hmm. really get that vibe off of it. I didn't think Sukasa was kind of pushed into gendered roles as far as their 
like you know really like marriage dynamic worked she cooked for Mm -hmm. nasa but like he cleaned up after himself and i think he did at least from my perception did a number of things that i think would normally kind of fall to the this into the stereotypic woman's role Yeah, yeah yeah um so i think it was it was more uh equal in that regard and a lot of the series it wasn't really i don't even think they talk about having kids um it's more about just uh, they're two people getting to know each other and they get into a, like they have a fighting game tournament with people from a bathhouse or something like that. Weird okay. situations like that. I mean, they'd have to have sex before they could have kids. And True. last I, last I saw, uh, they were still nervous about holding hands. Yeah. So, uh, did that, I did that get a little bit better because the, the level of nervousness between these two people who clearly liked each other and were married um, always felt kind of like, over the top and silly to me. Yeah, I'd say that the, the character progression that happened in the series was them holding hands without making a big deal out of it anymore, and I guess kissing without like either making a big deal out of it or asking permission first. That's nice. I, I appreciate the focus on consent. It is. It's still wild to me that a show where the characters get married in the first episode um, and clearly are into each other from day one, like is taking that long on the is like it's still somehow a slow burn romance but uh it sounds like it was pleasant it sounds like uh the folks who it sounds like it was one of those where you knew pretty early on if it was for you or wasn't and for the people yeah. who for they it, they really had a nice time with it so so that's good you know i i don't uh i don't wish poorly of tony kawa it just it just wasn't my thing anything else you want to throw in there about it or that just about does it i i don't know what the series long-term plans are just because i don't i don't know it's very kind of a nothing happening type series but uh it was fine yeah like you said kind of like a sitcom rom-com style thing Mm -hmm. um okay well then we can move on to our next show on the list chiaki you did you finish moriarty the patriot i know you were watching it i did okay Uh, just how'd that turn out i know the early half was like really hit or miss for you yeah well just to just to quickly go back to tony Collins very briefly uh mr boop Mm -hmm. just ended so just check that out instead. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. um, no, you, you were obligated to get a Mr. Boop reference in yes. here, which ever since you made that reference, I've seen other people referencing Mr. Boop, but I haven't made any effort to find out what it is because I enjoy the mystery. <laughs> um, so I do know that it's a thing other people know about, though. So, okay. Um, kudos. So, uh, Warrior of the Patriot. Um, the second half, I, I think there's like a few more episodes left, but because it's the end of the year, uh, they're kind of slow or they're, it's kind of pushed off to the new year now. Um, a week break or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, because, you know, it, it's still at 11 episodes and I oh, yeah. guess that there's one more short arc left. Um, okay. Right after the midpoint, they kind of re- reveal uh, Moriart- the Moriarty boys is like secret plot or the grand you know scheme that they're gonna do to end the aristocracy and it's basically keep exposing really bad nobles who are cartoonishly evil to the masses and then driving up hysteria so that it causes people to roy it and that way it causes a you know revolution in britain which i feel like okay okay so you're just gonna keep committing crimes until there's mass hysteria that's that's a choice. Dogs and cats living together. Sorry, you said mass hysteria. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and like if if the show literally just went with Moriarty, you know, 
encouraging crimes just to do that. I, I felt like that mm-hmm. would have been a very poor use, or you know, it would have it would have been a little bit more boring. Yeah. Um, luckily, they introduced uh, Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson, uh, mm-hmm. which is. Which is nice in that I like the fact that they're using um, the dashing Dr. Watson rather than, you know, the comic relief Dr. Watson. Sure. And Holmes is depicted as a complete train wreck. So I... <laughs> so he's depicted as Holmes. <laughs> yeah, but like, it, he's not like the, mm, yes, I'm very brilliant. Like, well, he is also very brilliant, but he's completely a mess. Just mm-hmm. falls asleep with cow's blood all over him and goes, oh, shoot. Oh, God. I guess I, I should clean myself <laughs> up. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the perfect counterpart to William James Moriarty. But also, this this show now contains two extremely smug assholes <laughs> trying to solve crime at each other. <laughs> Which, I mean, could be entertaining in its own way. Way, uh, depending upon your tolerance for smug assholes, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm enjoying sort of the chemistry they're brewing. I'm not sure if it's going to become like a full blown rivalry or if it's mm-hmm. going to be like they're going to be kind of flirty boys trying to like commit crimes at each other. Or well, Moriarty's <laughs> going to be committing crimes at uh, Holmes and trying to go like, hey. Are, are you sure that I'm the culprit? Because I'm not the one killing people. Yeah, this is one that I keep kind of looking at and going, this sounds like it could be really interesting, but at the same time, I'm not sure I want to invest the energy because it also sounds like it could be a huge disappointment. Uh, so I'm glad you're watching it and are continuing to fill me in on the details. Maybe it's getting a second core. Um, I'm not. I'm really not sure. I, I didn't look up everything that's carrying over. I know there's a decent number. Um, but I also know you're keeping up with the manga, so... I hope you will keep letting me know how Moriarty the Patriot is doing um, and if it kind of fulfills some of its potential. Because it sounds like it has some potential to be kind of an interesting story, both in terms of some of the social commentary, even though it is pretty ham-fisted from what you've told us. um, But then also just in terms of being kind of an entertaining, trashy, like, detective show. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's still kind of of ongoing and developing its personality. So um, maybe not a lot of conclusions to draw yet, but something to maybe check out. Yeah. Does that sound about right? I guess so. I haven't read the mm-hmm. second volume via manga yet, because last I checked, mm-hmm. it wasn't out yet on the Jump app. Yeah. But, so I, I can't really do a compar- comparison as closely as I'd like. Um, yeah. But as I said, you know, in the the last podcast, the, the manga feels a little bit more fleshed out. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just... I'm just hoping that whatever is in the manga is way better than the anime at this point. <laughs> hey, and if it is, you've got yourself a versus article, possibly. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. We do we do kind of need to move on though because we've still got a lot yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah. to talk about. Um, okay, uh, I think this is going to be real quick. Uh, you finished Chaki uh, once again. Uh, more monologue time. Uh, you finished Kuma 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 Bear. It's nice. Uh, it's cute. It was nice. Yeah. All right, we can move on. Is that basically yeah. it? <laughs> Okay, kind of kept doing what it was doing from the early episodes. Another one I think kind of like Tony Kawa, where if you liked it, you liked it, and if you didn't, that was fine. Like, um, just, uh, yeah, nice and cute. Okay, that's good to have some of those on the schedule. Uh, next is one we are all we are all watching, so we can talk about this one for a bit. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, which is also continuing into next 
season. That one I know for sure. So we'll be able to uh, talk more about it in the coming uh, podcast as well. How are y'all enjoying Jujutsu Kaisen? The second half went some directions I wasn't expecting it to go. So how are y'all feeling about it? Um, I mean, I read the manga, so I know everything that happens. Uh, That's true. Uh, yeah. I, I was curious. Uh, I, I knew all of you were writing pretty high on it, and I was curious with the introduction of uh, God was this, uh, Toy, the Scarface guy. Oh, the the main the main baddie. No, no, no. Uh, the one who claps his hands, the one who introduced himself by saying, "What type of girls are you into?" Oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah, uh, I was wondering if that would uh, ruin the vibe for a lot of people. Uh, no, not really. I mean, he it was an obnoxious. It made him obnoxious, but I also think he's supposed to be obnoxious. True. And he, to me, he was more obnoxious in a way that like. Teenagers can be, and they probably will get their shit straightened out. Um, he's not Mineta. He's not like actually sexual. He's not sexually assaulting people, you know? Um, so I found him obnoxious, and I wanted him to get his butt kicked. Um, but he's, he it wasn't a deal breaker for me. Um, my At this point, my biggest issue with the back half of the show was they kind of set me up for a, the first half set me up for an ensemble cast. Uh, exorcism action horror comedy series that I was very excited about. And then the second half uh, pulls Yuji completely away from the, the other characters we established um, into this other arc with this new character um, who I think might not be in the show anymore. I think he might be done as of the end of this core. And I'm trying not to spoil things for people who are listening to this. And I, it, it started to lose me a bit because I felt like a lot of the things that I really liked about the show and what kind of pulled me in were suddenly just gone. Primarily Nobata, but also just that, just that group dynamic that we lost. And it became, it became a much, a much bleaker show in the, in the back half in a way that I wasn't quite expecting it to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I struggled with it. Um, I think it was, I think it was trying to tell a worthwhile story about, like the damaging effects of bullying and how it can um, it can push people into kind of drastic directions. Um, but at the same time, I think it went so hard and so fast in some ways with some of the like for like pure shock value and just almost like not torture porn's not the right word, but just like drama for the sadness for the sake of sadness, I guess. Tragedy porn, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking of um, in the second half. And I'm still I'm still here because I think we're I think we're moving someplace new. Like this arc kind of seems like it's wrapped up and we're moving someplace else. But uh, it is the show is in danger of, of losing me here uh, just because it took away a lot of the things I really liked about the first half. So how about you, Chiaki? Are you have are you have you read the manga as well? Well, I stopped uh, just around where um, the Kyoto kids came over, mm. so I was like, mm, all right, I'm kind of like actually no, I, I can't remember exactly where I dropped the manga. It was around here where the first uh, core ends. Okay. Um, I didn't get to the end of this end of the core at least. That's that much I remember. Um, okay. I, I do feel it's it's not as um, as you said it's it it feels like i'm about to start lose interest again so maybe this was the reason why i kind of dropped the manga as well where i'm just like "Mm, it's not exactly what i was bargaining for i can say if your concerns surround certain characters not being around anymore uh your prayers are soon to be answered 
So I don't know if that's a big spoiler. I, I mean, it felt, it feels like they're angling us back to Yuji going back to the school and mm-hmm. them, and then finally like getting to this, I, God, I think it's going to be a tournament arc, which is uh, difficult for me, but we'll see how they, we'll see how they do it. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like they're, they're getting ready to reintroduce him to the, to the, the main cast again. Um, and I think that will go a long way towards towards hooking me back into the story uh, because I mean I like Yuji. I just he's kind of got. I mean this is sort of a, a a long-standing issue with a lot of protagonists is they are the least interesting character. <laughs> and I wouldn't even call him the least interesting. Like I I think his conflict is it's just a very familiar conflict I think for him. And so I think having those other pieces i found him more interesting when he was able to bounce off of megumi and nobata and like their interactions with each other and the way they saw the world differently um so i think yuji is more interesting when you put him around other people that he can bounce off of um and i think that's true of a lot of stories honestly um so i i hope the next arc will will be what i think it's going to be and we'll be able to kind of kind of pull me back in um so i'm still watching um, it's still kind of a tentative recommendation, but there, I have some, I've had some concerns in this back half, so, uh, we'll see how it, how it does going forward. Jackie, do you want to add anything else or should we move no, on? I think we can move on. Okay. Um, I did just real, oh, okay. Peter, you're watching, did I mark that right? You're watching, I'm standing on a million lives. How did that shake out? Um, I know at the midpoint you said it looked like maybe it was going to start doing some worthwhile things in terms of like giving its female characters fully fleshed out arcs, but we hadn't gotten very far into it yet. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I think th- there is, like, the primary romance, I think, uh, or at least it, it, it's become pretty obvious that the he and the blonde girl are probably going to end up together at some point. Mm-hmm. But I don't, the, the other girls do not seem interested in him whatsoever. And each of the girls at some point got, like, their own big triumphant moment that was in no way influenced by, um, God, I can't remember what his name is, Yotia. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good indication. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I thought were like they were all pretty good. Like uh, they got the their own dramatic music insert. Uh, that the narrative was obviously leading up to a moment where like everything was going to rest on whether or not they could figure out a way to defeat an enemy or solve a problem or something. And then they think of something themselves. One time, it even made a joke that Yoso was like, "I'm here to save the day." And then they're like, oh, no, we figured it out, dude. You're good. We didn't need you. <laughs> okay, I do kind of like that. Does he get better? Because I know early on he was like kind of a misanthropic little shit. Uh, well, I think it kind of ends with what's supposed to be an arc about more of his character development. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they at, there's like the, the third quest they're on ends up like lasting the rest of the series. And it ends, I think, one episode before the series concludes. Mm-hmm. Um and they get to ask a question at the end of each of them. And I think the glasses girl asks, like, uh, are, is this like a video game? Is this a virtual world? And the, uh, the the god game master guy says, oh, no, it's not. It's just like the world, every time there's a decision, world split. There's infinite worlds. Uh, and this is just another possible world based on just random chance. Uh, yes. So they realize that Yotsia has... Like as part of the quest, he killed some people. So he realizes he actually killed some human beings and kind of has an identity crisis. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. They they go back to the real world, and he's like, I thinking to himself, "Am I a murderer? Like, I this isn't fun anymore." I'm I'm and is that where the show ends? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this season, this season is full of shows with non-ending. Yeah. Things. 
that's it, it kind of it, it's a it's, it's all in the real world it introduces i think what's going to be the next guy to join the group uh mm-hmm. where yotsuya has to do some stuff like that i guess he's involved with the yakuza or something mm-hmm. and yotsuya is kind of like working through realizing that he killed real people over the course of that episode and that's how the series concludes so very strange that, ending yeah that low key sounds fascinating uh without an ending i wouldn't go to it but like if it gets more seasons and keeps going in that direction like it it could be a decent show like i wasn't really expecting that that's uh, that's kind of exciting so i maybe maybe one to keep keep an eye on if it if it gets a season 2 and can keep keep exploring what it what it's doing with its characters yeah i definitely i want to show you the clips at some point of like i all of them are very clippable moments the girls like pulling off their big move in the series because they're pretty lit actually so maybe i'll share them later yeah yeah that that could be fun um okay okay uh moving on moving on because i really don't want this episode to be uh eight hours long for for the folks at home uh gallon dino is the next one on the list this was technically a spring spring show but it got delayed because of covid and it took them a while to come back, so they came back this fall. Um, I hadn't been keeping up with it, and then at the end of the year, I popped into the chat and asked if there were any shows I hadn't watched. I just, I just never even tried it. Like, I just got busy with other stuff. Um, and I was like, well, if you've never tried Gal and Dino, maybe give it a try. I think you might like it. Uh, so I did. The first half is anime. The second half is live action. No. Uh, well, the first half's kind of mixed media. Like, they do a, they do some like little short CG segments and things like that too. Um, the second half is live action. The second half really didn't work for me at all. It's a lot of um, meta jokes using like famous Japanese TV personalities, which is fine. I don't have to be the target audience for this show, um, but I don't know who they are, so I didn't get the joke. Um, so I ended up skipping the second half and just watching the animated segments because the animated segments are absolutely delightful. It is just, it's a very nice kind of chill comedy about this uh, gal Kaede and this uh, dinosaur that she decide that she invites into her house as her roommate one night when she gets drunk and he's adorable. I really can't undersell over. I can't oversell. I can't oversell how cute Dino is. Um, and it's got like some nice uh, little continuing arcs about her and her best friend and her uh, senpai at the convenience store. Um, and then her ex-boyfriend, who's also, but is probably her boyfriend again now. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just a really nice comedy. Um, and I, I recommend it as a short because my, my preferred method of viewing is to just skip the live action segments. But I mean, I would say try them. And if they're working for you, cool. If they're not, then you can just skip them. Uh, but yeah, Galantina was, was a very pleasant surprise here at the end of the year. And uh, I would recommend it to, to anybody who enjoys um, just just pleasant comedies, basically. Um, and cute dinos, because you guys, he's so freaking cute. I now have a screenshot gallery of dino reactions, and I'm very excited about using them. So yeah, that's Galantina. I recommend. But we can move on from there, because there's not a whole lot to dig into. It's just, it's just, it's just nice. Uh, Chiaki, you finished Dragon Quest? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, yes. it feels like there's going to be probably a second core to this. Um, sure. You know, it's a, it's an epic 90s uh, shonen manga, after all. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll note that one thing to keep in mind, Pop uh, dies um, compatriot in his adventures that joins in midway through the season, is mm-hmm. a older, you know, teenager boy from the 90s so of course he's going to be perverted um which is like the low point of the show he's constantly like making a slightly he's kind of sexist 
he's first sexist and then he gets horny and it's like really really my dude like you are the low you are the only reason why this show kind of sucks sometimes um otherwise though i really like the show um Mm -hmm. dai's teacher avon is like a very non non non-typical um hero um he's like this guy who looks like a nerd with glasses but he's also a really strong like actual hero Mm -hmm. and uh they introduce mom um towards the latter half of the series um once they set out on their adventure mom is like also a girl who is um who uses a gun she's fighting and you know can cast magic it's pretty cool to see her in action she's she's not just always damseled she does get damseled actually which is also kind of unfortunate but when she is in action it's pretty cool it's pretty good um and the villains are also very very shonen um (laughs) once they get defeated they immediately become supportive of Dai. of course like okay well you defeated me that means that you're very strong so so i'm gonna support you even though we're mm-hmm. like mortal enemies. Mm-hmm. So not perfect. Sounds like it's sounds like it's a very kind of classic shonen mm-hmm. in terms of both things it does well and things it doesn't do so well. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. So I mean, folks at home, if you if you know your deal breakers and you know what you like, then uh, you'll probably know if Dragon Quest is something you want to check out. Um, but it's it's nice to know that it's it's been a been a fun show for you for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, next one up. I do want to spend a little bit of time on this one. Uh, though probably not too much uh d4dj it is not technically ended because it's on a weird release schedule we're like eight episodes in probably nine by the time this episode drops uh, nine just dropped um, today yeah yeah nine dropped like as we're recording this um so we won't have watched that one yet um and that's the only reason i didn't recommend it for the fall season is because it's not finished yet um i really really like d4dj and i was not expecting to it was nowhere near my radar um, it is an extremely charming music show about four girls making uh, music together, like I just in a club, and uh, yeah, I'm having a good time with it. How about you, Chiaki? Yeah, I think um, as I mentioned before, this is a this is also really informative about DJing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've learned a lot too, which is fun, yeah, and it, it, I just love the energy the show has. It has a really good energy. It has kind of an offbeat sense of humor that I very much enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, like the part where uh, they ask the one girl about the plushie, they're like, hey, so I've been meaning to ask what's with the stuffed cat? And she's like, oh yeah, this is Mogumo. And there's just like dead silence for five seconds as they stare at her waiting for her to say more. And that's all she'll say is this is Mogumo. And then they just move on. And I'm like, okay, that was that was weird and I approve, I approve of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has kind of a silly sense of humor. Uh, the animation looks very good, both within like the action sequence, like the action sequences, the dance sequences, and then um, eating. Just the character animation. Eating. Um, it. Yes, I. I had to. I had to take a video of the eating scene because I was like, "This is incredible. This looks so good," and it was just delightful to watch. Uh, yeah. So I had not realized that D Four DJ is directed by Mizushima Seiji. Um, who is known for directing the uh, original Full Metal Alchemist anime and Concrete Revolution and those kind of shows. And so for him, uh, D4DJ feels very much like outside of his usual range. But I can totally feel his offbeat sense of humor 
uh, coming through. And I do enjoy him a lot as a director. So when I saw that, I was like, I think maybe that is part of the reason why I like the show. Cause I'm not usually into your, into like cute girl music shows. Um, I also think it's nice. There's really no caveats. Like it's the, there's no like unnecessary fan service. There's a couple of bathing scenes, but it's just, they're just, they're just taking a bath. Like it's not, it's not like the camera's leering at them or anything. Um, and yeah, I can't really think of any warnings there. It's just, it's just a fun, a fun, again, it's a fun show about four girls making music together. And, um, I enjoy hanging out with them each week and I'm looking forward to seeing how the cast kind of expands going forward. Actually, one thing to add here, um, this feels like a idol show, right? Because it's a group of girls getting together and performing. It it does, but it but somehow it doesn't, and I don't I don't know how to explain that. As I'm going to continue watching, I'm gonna try to figure out why it doesn't feel that way to me, because the general tone of idol shows usually kind of keeps me at arm's length, which is why I don't watch them. And again, that's not a knock on idol shows, it's just it doesn't it doesn't vibe with me personally. Um, but there's something about Day 4 DJ that really does. It works for me. I find it very charming. Kind of like Zombieland Saga um, in terms of like, it just clicks. What were you going to say though, Chiaki? Sorry, no, I kind of cut you like, off. I feel like this show is especially like focusing on the girls being their own creative. Um, th- they control their own creative output. Compared yeah. To, I do really like that. Compared yeah. to how like idols a lot of the time feels you know even if it's like a school idol club anime at the mm-hmm. end of the day you kind of know or feel that those those girls are part of a production um mm-hmm. that's that's oriented toward like the idol industry and yeah. d4 dj i feel you know even though this is like an anime being you know produced by probably hundreds of thousands of dollars you know oh yeah it's part of a multimedia franchise um but i i I know i think i know what you mean like there's such a focus on putting the songs together and and the creative processes as they all kind of work out like what they want to do with each new number yeah um that it that that i think that focus on the actual process of making the music and like their their experiences that that go into that um gives it gives it a different gives it a different feel than a lot of idol shows do and and yeah i don't know i really like it i appreciate that yeah i'm gonna keep thinking about exactly what it is about it that works for me while the other while other shows that are more in its vein don't and maybe i'll be able to come up with a more concrete answer as we go uh but yeah i i would recommend this one again i would recommend it to people who who like idol shows and like music shows um and i would recommend it to people who maybe have a harder time with them but like enjoyed a show like Zombieland saga like stuff that's a little more offbeat um i think it is i think it has a lot of charm so yeah i recommend it um and we can jump past the next two because none of us kept up with the day I became a god or by the grace of the gods. And we can move into our it's complicated category, which is big. And we are going to have to sprint a little bit here, but we're, we're going to do it. We're going to make it. Uh, Peter, you finished Wandering Witch. How did that I heard it got silly. Ah, uh, silly. Hmm. <laughs> ridiculous kino's journey sheep scene uh, yeah i'd say the the second half they they stopped kind of doing serious episodes uh, i can't mm-hmm. remember where the one where there's the little girl and her family gets murdered one happens oh lord okay yeah. there's definitely like i don't want to say this series is silly or anything like that because it definitely got like real bad mm-hmm. i think the worst episode was probably one where 
somebody wants to time travel backward to save her childhood friend and it turns her out like her childhood friend was the one who murdered her parents and was this big psycho killer and Mm -hmm. very gruesomely murder the girl on screen lots of blood wow wow okay content warning for that for sure yeah i don't know like what sort of drama they were going for in the scene it was just really it was like honestly worse than anything i saw in higurashi so um there's that um but then the second half of the series was more goofy um which at that point i i don't know i I feel like the series had already like done so much weird kind of uh stuff that made me not trust it that i couldn't appreciate it being like trying to be tongue-in-cheek anymore Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely say the second half is safer content for sure. Yeah. Um, it it seems like the series was either at best kind of fun and at worst uh, very bad in just about every <laughs> way it can be bad. Politically, <laughs> <laughs> thematically, narratively, visually, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then the last episode was this weird thing where she met – everybody remembers the – a self-love tweet that was going around <laughs> yes she doesn't she like fuck herself basically sorry to be lewd folks. Uh, <laughs> no she like goes to a world where i i can't even, it's not really explained she just in the beginning of the episode she shows up and there's a bunch of different versions of her like one that's obsessed with having a bigger chest than everyone else one that's like a jerk one that's a nerd one that got turned into a slime there's like, I don't know, 16 or 17 of them. And uh, there's an evil one that wants to do battle, but then they reconcile and they all write their adventures into a single book. And apparently that's how she ends up writing her book or something, The Wandering Witch. And then it teases a second season by her running into a character who says, oh, I didn't know at the time, but I'd be journeying with them later. And then it just kind of falls off. So um, continued to be extremely, extremely up and down. Uh, I think I will not be coming back to it. Although the, the second half being lighter does make me a little bit more interested in it. Um, but yeah, bit of a mess all the way through, sounds like. Um, mm-hmm. so, and then obviously some some pretty heavy content warnings, which we also discussed in the three-episode check-in. So uh, that's Wandering Witch. Uh, let's, let's keep going. We have Talentless Nana next, which all three of us watched. Um, and who wants to kick us off on this one? I feel I'm, I'm worried with Talentless Nana that we could fall down a hole and end up talking about it for like a solid hour. Um, because there's a lot kind of going on. I found it to be very entertaining pulp. Um, I mean, we jokingly called it Murder Hero Academia, and then Chiaki corrected me that it should be Bokusatsu no Hero Academia. Okay, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it all the way through. Um, it's, it's definitely kind of uh, ridiculous at parts with some of the like narrative twists and leaps they make to explain like how Nana got away with this one, um, especially in the middle. I like, but I like the way the show was definitely challenging Nana's worldview and showing, especially in the back half, really like showing how she was sort of abused and groomed for this position and taken advantage of um, by adults to to turn her into this assassin. And she is now kind of, and she starts questioning that towards the end of the show. And then a big thing happens that I can't spoil for the folks at home in the final episode. That's pretty damn devastating. And then the show just ends. Yeah, that <laughs> <was just> brave. <laughs> and I, 
I I think I got into like every group chat I was in and was like, what the hell? <laughs> okay, tell, That's a good manga commercial, right? <laughs> it's a really <laughs> good manga commercial. Yeah. I started just frantically like Googling to see like, well, there has to be a second season, right? Like there has to be an announcement. They wouldn't just end there. That's terrible. Uh, and that's ultimately why I ended up not tagging my name on it on our recommendations post for the fall is because with that kind of a non-ending, that's an adaptation choice that is that kind of makes me angry. <laughs> so I couldn't quite, uh, I couldn't quite recommend it because of that. Um, but I mean, it's definitely caught my eye and I'll probably be reading the manga now. So it's on, I think it's on Crunchyroll manga, which for folks at home, if you didn't know, Crunchyroll has a manga app. Um, it's free to read if you're a Crunchyroll member. So. Oh, I, I remember we were uh, just talking when I saw you all conversing about reading Nana and somebody mentioned that it was still flash. I think the next day, uh, the HTML version of the uh, manga reader launched. So yeah, okay, good. They knew they knew people would be would be flocking for the talentless Nana content, so they got it fixed up. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I definitely would say it's one that caught my attention. It's one I enjoyed every week. Um, the the ending the ending frustrated me, but uh, I mean, content warnings for violence. I think there's a like a there's some kind of sexual assault type stuff in one of the arcs. Um, it's more implied or threatened than, than anything that actually happens. I don't know. It's, it's definitely like pulpy murder trash to a point. Um, but I do, I do like the way it, it developed. It's kind of core cast and I'm curious to see where they go with it. Cause I think it could turn into a Nana turns on her uh, handlers and works together to like with the other people on the Island to take them down. Um, and I'm really curious to see if it goes that direction. Uh, how did you guys feel about it? Anything else you want to add? Peter? Um, I think you pretty much summed up my feelings about it pretty well. I, I'd read the manga back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. So I was uh, up to the, I think I was up to the, the big twist, uh, but I didn't want to give anything away. Uh, I didn't, or I, I didn't even know they would reach it, to be honest. Um, so I I had a lot of fun reading it. Uh, I think the anime adapted it pretty well. Uh, yeah. I, I don't really know where it goes from here though so uh i I can't i can't recommend it past this point Mm -hmm. okay yeah Yeah. it was a good romp so what i did was start up the manga right after where the anime leaps off oh nice cool Mm -hmm. um and i feel like it ended the 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 core of the anime ended exactly where it needed to end i feel like what happens from then on becomes a very not a, not a very different story, but it starts going into a whole different arc, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it could definitely end up like accelerating from this point so fast that you couldn't really oh. find another ending point. Yeah, yeah. So like, I feel like they they did a good decision to end there, even though it is <laughs> a it is technically a terrible place to end, but also I think it was a good cutting point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have to assume that they think they're getting a season two. Like it felt the way they did it felt like, oh, we're, 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 there'll be more. Don't worry, we'll get we'll get you more. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So yeah, uh, I am um, I am excited to see more if it comes out, and if not, I will mm-hmm. keep reading the manga. I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I guess one other point I want to make is you know I did say like content warnings for violence, but one thing I, I like about Talentless Nana is there there is quite a lot of murder and and uh, and violence in the show. It doesn't revel in it though. It's not it's not necessarily graphic. It's not that's not the focus of the show is just like suffering teens. It's it's more the the tension aspect and the cat and mouse game, and um, and again Nana's Nana's kind of path from this 
child soldier basically to wherever she goes from here because uh, it feels like there's going to be a pretty big turning point I, I, uh, so yeah I feel one good thing about the show is that the kids dying I honestly like don't feel as bad about them dying <laughs> There's a few of them. There's there's a lot of them where I'm like, well, that I you know that they didn't deserve that. Um, but some of them you just you never really got to know that well either. And I think the show is intentionally made that way. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not trying to get you attached to them and then make you sad. Well, not entirely anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I you know what we should we probably shouldn't dig too much deeper into this. Yeah. But um, but I did I did just kind of want to put a mark on it as far as like it's not like graphic gore violence um when i say that like it's it's definitely there but it's not a show that's that's you know reveling in that um okay next up is iwa kakeru sports climbing girls you guys both finished this one. Oh no peter I dropped didn't. it but Shiraki, yeah. you finished it. yeah um peter did you have anything to say before you dropped it or uh it just i it, i couldn't keep it up with it it was very uh bland so yeah, it, it feels kind of bland. Um, the final arc has a vil- like a rival character who is who was teased at from the very beginning, uh, Kurusu. She is so shrill; it is annoying to all all hell. Um, but whatever. Um, I finished it. It was okay. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's Iwakakaru, <laughs> I guess. We can move right along. Um, Magatsu Arhite. Peter, did you end up getting through this one? Yeah, I finished it. I thought it fell off the rails in the end. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the, the late game twists. It, yeah. So um, I really don't want to spend a lot of time on this one. Basically, unless you're playing, it's it ends up being a prequel to the mobile game. So unless you are playing the game, I really can't recommend this to anybody. Um, because it it sort of has an ending, but it really is just a big setup for whatever happens in, in the, the game that it's based on. Um, two good things about it is it does have a, a fairly diverse cast and they're treated pretty well. Like, I mean, there's no, there's no like fan service of the lady characters and there's a black character who I kept thinking they were going to fridge, but nope, he made it all the way through. I was very proud of him. Um, and he's just, I mean, he's just treated as a member of the cast, like, which I, you know, I appreciate that as well. There's no like, stereotyping or anything there in fact he's kind of like their steady-handed leader which is nice yeah um and i mean the other good thing i'll say about it is it did kind of make me want to play the mobile game um, i got to the end and was like well, i kind of want to know what happens now otherwise it uh there's some late game twists that make a lot of the stuff that we saw building up to it feel pointless yep. um and then it ends up being pretty pro-imperialist and the one, the one gay-coded character who was played a little bit creepy, but was ultimately like leading the good guy team. Uh, so it was like, well, you know, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it turns out he's like the secret traitor villain. So that sucked. Yeah, yeah, I was not a fan of the Jade twist. No, or didn't pretty love much that. Any of the twists in the last two episodes. Yeah, it 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 was heading. It was kind of careening off the rails, and then it just fell off of them at the end. I finished mm-hmm. it more out of a sense of like, well, there's only two episodes left. What the hell? I might as well knock it out for the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I want to say about Magatsu Warhide. Definitely, I would say my biggest disappointment of the season. Um, I was expecting a lot more from it based on those early episodes. So yeah. Womp womp. You don't even get a sense of completion out of it. Yeah, no. I do want to say I did. I did like the final fight between the two main characters because oh, it was 
It looked great, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I felt like they kind of needed it, given their mm-hmm. background. Uh, yeah. And, and we weren't going to get it because they were sort of forced to work together despite, uh, you know, uh, well, at least one of them hating the other one for a very good reason. Yeah, so yeah. That, that at least... I was glad I finished it, so I got that, but everything else <laughs> was very disappointing to me. Pretty unsatisfying, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, next up is Akudama Drive. We So the ones coming up, we have recommendations written out on the site right now for them, so um, I am going to like low-key point people towards those as well because mm-hmm. of just time constraints here. Um, also, Akadama Drive is another one that we could probably do an entire episode on, so maybe something to put in our back pocket for later. Um it starts as a big action spectacle, and it continues to be that all the way through. Um, it, it has a lot of style, and the, the big action scenes look really good. Um, but it, I had said early on that like it felt like there was some social commentary like in the background, and that moves into the foreground in the final arc in, in a lot of uh, dramatic ways. It's hard to talk about without spoiling a bunch of stuff, and I do kind of want our listeners to be able to experience it for themselves i think um but the show goes pretty hard like anti-police brutality very very defund the police um some criticisms about like the arbitrary nature of like who's considered a criminal and who's not um and like what those labels and how those labels impact people the main character swindler has a fantastic character arc i loved her um she's she ends up being a really good hero the show has like a lot of um a lot of women both both like shitty and not shitty, but I don't mean that in the way that like I think they're shitty characters in the way that like I liked that there were lots of different female characters with lots of different ideals and moralities and it didn't it didn't really like make a statement about like women be like this because it had female characters like all across the board. And so I, I liked that in the second half that they really kind of became the main characters. Um, and yeah, I, I was really, really happy with Akudama Drive. I, when the finale ended, I just kind of sat there like a little bit gobsmacked and was like, damn, uh, it, it built to a really, really good finale. So I, I was very high on this one. Uh, Peter, you finished it as well. Yeah. I kind of felt like it pulled off what Decadence promised, uh, <laughs> cause Decadence ended very disappointingly for me. And I thought that Akudama Drive really kind of. Uh, I, I already voiced that, like, one of the, the penultimate episodes I didn't really like, and the uh, yeah. uh, I, I felt like they were really building toward a character arc with the female executioner that didn't really complete in any way. Yeah, um, they, they leave it they leave that, that vague. I, I do agree with you there. Yeah. Very open-ended. But I felt like everybody else got, uh, maybe not, most almost all the characters got a really satisfying character arc. Uh, uh, the politics and themes of the series were very clear and good. Uh, <laughs> you don't don't get that combination too often. Yeah. Um, and the ending was really dramatic. Probably had some of the best sequences of the series. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it really stuck the landing. Yeah, it went it went places I did not expect it to. But then, like once we got there, I was like, oh yeah, no, that was that was what you had to do. That was where it needed to be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of graphic violence. Again, check our um, although the current Funimation cut is the TV version that had like pretty significant edits um, as far as like censor bars and stuff. Oh yeah, so, very terraform ours where they had to yeah. like shield half the screen in black. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there were some there were some places in the back half where I was like, "Woo, this yeah. must be pretty this must be pretty brutal." Yeah. Um but 
and again, there's 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 a fair number of content warnings. So I do want to direct folks to our recommendation on the website, just so you're aware of those. Um, but yeah, overall, I was I was really impressed with this one. Um, I might I'm fiddling with writing an article about it. We'll see if anything actually comes of that. And I think it would be possible to to do a full episode on it because I think there's a lot of stuff you could kind of pick at about mm -hmm. it. Uh, so yeah, but uh, it was good. Uh, okay, next up is Adachi and Shimamura. I'm the only person uh, currently listening. Currently not listening. I mean, I guess you guys are listening, but yeah. <laughs> on the podcast, there we go. I got there. Who watched this one all the way through? Uh, it has a non-ending. It's 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 a slow burn romance that doesn't give you a conclusion at all. And that was ultimately why there there were a lot of reasons why I decided not to uh, tag my name to the recommendation for this. But the the lack of a the lack of a conclusion really killed this one for me. Um, the adaptation, I think, made some choices to like intentionally slow things down. Um, they could have hit a point based on what I know about the source material. They could have hit a point where we got to something more satisfying for these characters, but they just kind of dithered. Um, there, when it's good, it does a really nice job of depicting depression and anxiety uh, for these teen girls. I think it does a really good job with Adachi. Um, realizing that she is extremely attracted to Shimamura and not knowing really how to engage with those feelings um, and being terrified of like, if I tell Shimamura, like what will happen um, in a way that is, that I can think is, is really relatable, especially for, you know, like queer teenagers. So when it's good, I think it's really good, but the camera is, as we've noted before, the camera work is really skeevy in a lot of places. Like there's some places where it's clearly Adachi like, thinking about Shimamura and it's conveying the fact that Adachi is very horny because she is. Uh, but there's a lot of places where it's just, it's just thighs and crotches for the sake of thighs and crotches. And it, it takes you out of it and it, it kind of sucks. So at this point I would, I would lean towards recommending the light novels, which are now starting to come out in English um, because I do think there is some good stuff in there. I just think, I think the adaptation made some poor decisions along the way. Um, and boy, howdy, is it a slow burn. So just be aware of that. So it's not one I can recommend at the end of the day, but I think it's doing enough good that I would maybe direct people to the light novels instead. Uh, okay, so moving on into our final trio of shows, uh, Yashahime, Princess Half Demon, will be carrying over into winter, so we can talk more about that one later. Uh, we're all keeping up with it, yes? Yeah. Uh, I don't know anymore. Okay. I don't You're know if Moha is good enough to make me want to keep watching the show. Yeah, I, so my thing with Yashahime is it's definitely a show for a younger audience. Like it is geared towards like, I would say probably 12, 13. Um, and I don't want to knock points off of it for that because I would have eaten this show up with absolute delight when I was 12, 13 years old. Um, I wish I'd had more shows like this running about, you know, these three like, badass female characters who have these really good friendships and sibling bonds that they're starting to develop and they go out and they hunt demons and they gain and they get power levels and uh they're not sexualized at all they're treated really well um i i really i wish there was more of that when i was that age so i would happily with you know with some notes about some of the horror elements maybe being a little scary for some kids depending on the kid um i would happily give this to like a, a preteen, early teenager, I think they'd have a great time with it. Um, I'm struggling a little bit to keep up with it. I kind of wish it was dubbed because I think it would be a nice one to sort of have on in the background while I was doing other stuff. Um, I mean, it's but, vid, so it's almost certainly getting dubbed. I, I, oh, no, I mean, it'll get a dub eventually, but it doesn't yeah. have one right now. Um, they did announce so, the dub, right? Oh, yeah, I think they did. 
Okay, cool. Which is like the unfortunate thing is that Miroku's um, voice actor like died right after that. Passed away oh, really no. recently. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sad. Yeah, so like I I am personally there are there are times when I find my attention wandering because it is it is an episodic monster show. Um, but I really appreciate it for existing and I want it to do well so that more shows like this exist. Uh, how about you guys? Peter, I know it sounds sounds like you're losing you're losing uh, steam and I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiaki, where where are you with this one? Uh, I'll just undersign what you just said. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that's easy then. Um, we can we can move along to Sleepy Princess and the Demon Castle. Chiaki, I just talked a lot. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sleepy Princess and the Demon Castle? Uh, Sleepy Princess is like the mood show of the season, definitely. I think we've said this mm-hmm. um, multiple times, at least in chat, yeah. and definitely in the recommendation article as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a relatable and also very wholesome show that's just nice to chill out to. Um, you know, I a lot of people were definitely saying, how do you keep this premise going for a full core for for yep, like a full length uh, anime and mm-hmm. you know the fans of the manga kept saying no no you'll care about these characters and <laughs> I'm like yeah okay yeah I, I totally get it now um, I, le- I love how everyone here is a complete and utter goober yeah they're all goobers it's great uh yeah it's it i think the back half did a really nice job of developing the cast and their relationships to each other and like you start to realize that even cialis who is a total gremlin uh genuinely starts to kind of care about um about the 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 folks in the demon castle and they start to care about her and it continues to have really good comedic timing um, but it also has kind of a beating heart under all that, where the show kind of is engaging a little bit with the idea of like fantasy and fairy tale archetypes and feeling like you have to fit this particular role. And then Cialis comes in and just makes no effort to fit that role. And I think that kind of encourages the demons to also realize like we don't we don't have to be like these cackling evil overlords. Like that's not who we are. And that they aren't at all. And so I'm, I'm really, I would like to, I hope it gets a season two. Uh, if not, I'm probably going to pick up the manga because I would like to kind of see where it goes with that. Um, and also it's, it's funny and nice and I like hanging out with the characters. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a particularly complex story, but it was, there really weren't any caveats to it other than like some comedic slapstick violence. Um, that's pretty weightless, all things considered. And yeah, it was just nice. It was a nice show to watch each week. I looked forward to it. Sounds like you did too. Yeah, so that's Sleepy Princess. That was recommended by basically the entire team. So um, I would I would say definitely check that one out, especially if you like fantasies and comedies and mashing the two together. So uh, last one on the list is the Gymnastics Samurai. Uh, Peter, did you end up finishing this one as well? I know Chiaki did. Yep. Okay, cool. So we all watched this one. Um it was it was my problematic fave pick of the season, uh, mostly because uh, Brittany continues to be a, mm-hmm. a rough a rough queer stereotype who periodically shows up and is like I mean the cast is friendly with them but the show is is it uses them as like a punchline of of number of times in a way that is uncomfortable. Um, other than that though, and and fortunately she's she them isn't in the show. Uh, all that much so it's not like constant nails on chalkboard there um but the 
the main trio and kind of the main story I ended up really enjoying. I thought the final arc was, was very satisfying for the show. Um, I liked the way that it all kind of came together into these different stories about like comebacks uh, because at first it felt like a lot of threads just kind of thrown to the wind and the show felt very disjointed. Uh, by the end of it, I think they, I think they tied it together in a way that was, that was, was satisfying and heartwarming. And I liked the found family aspects. Uh, so I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Uh, how, how, how were you guys on it? I don't know. This this felt like more like my personal quibble than maybe a criticism of the series, but I just never really felt like the gymnastics aspect of the show was compelling. All my oh, favorite no, episodes. <laughs> yeah. Or about the, the daughter and yeah, the found family part really. Uh, it's just like every time it got to back to the gymnastics part, I just kind of groaned because I, I don't know. I, I don't know how interested the series was in it. And I, I, I maybe just the theme that it was going for didn't click with me either, but I found that part like really hard to get through. Um, and as it leaned more torn gymnastics in the ending, I became um, a little interested, except in the aspect where they're trying to like get Leo back and stuff. I thought that was, I mean, that was fine. Um, but yeah. the competition, I just, I don't know. It just never interested me. I thought, I thought Ray was the strongest like character and story overall. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Leo ended up having a really, a really nice arc too about burnout and, and expectations that I, I ended up enjoying quite a bit there and, and finding people who, who would accept him and not necessarily like put his value as a person on his, you know, ability to perform ballet. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I ended up liking Jotaro's storyline in terms of it being, you start to realize that it's not just about like he was coming back from an injury, but it was also about him, like in his own way, kind of over, kind of moving past and coming to terms with his wife's death. Um, and it's it's downplayed a bit, but it's there at the end um, in in his story arc. I do agree. I think a lot of the gymnastics stuff felt a little bit tacked on. Like they felt like they needed a hook, and that was their hook. Um, Tetsuo's arc, I don't think really. I don't think Tetsuo needed to be in the story. Like he's kind of supposed to be the rival character, but Jotaro is ultimately competing against himself. Yeah. So I don't think he was necessary to the story. So yeah, like it, it's definitely imperfect. I think there's some bells and whistles on it that could have been trimmed off and made it a stronger, more cohesive through line. Um, but again, I just. I think the way it, I ended up caring about the gymnastics at the end because it mattered to like the found family story that was at the heart of the story. So um, overall, I did really, I really, really liked this one. Um, I thought it had a, a, a lot of shows did not stick the landing this, this season. I thought this one, I thought this one had a very good conclusion. And yeah, so I, I do agree with you in terms of the, the, the show's flaws, but, but I think that its strengths outweighed them for me anyway. Jackie, how about you? I, I was, you know, at- I think a lot of people were expecting some kind of magical realism from the show at the yeah, very beginning. Yeah, it, it had those vibes early on. Yeah, and it plays out to be totally not. Except, I guess it kind of still is. It's kind of still out there. Um, and so I enjoyed those elements a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like you guys were saying, um, when it gets into sort of the nitty-gritty of, well, this is how competitions for... Um, gymnastics work and everything. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, that Jotaro, you know, he, he's getting Joe's getting points. Great. Um, <laughs> so um, many points. Yeah. <laughs> some sports shows are about the sport, and some sports shows are about the characters. Um, and the sport is just kind of like a vehicle through which the characters grow. Yeah. And I think Gymnastic Samurai was was much more the second one. Yes. Um, but. 
I, I wish that, you know, there was more interplay between all the characters, including Brittany even. Like, Brittany, yeah. um, I feel, could have been fleshed out more. But at the same, like, while they're on the sidelines, and so thus, you know, you don't get to see them, you don't have to see them as much. Also, yeah. you never actually see them as a full character. Yeah, I think there was... I think there was potential there that was not explored, um, and and then to top that off with some of the some of the kind of jokes they made about um, you know Brittany being like big and buff with a deep voice and able to shout really loud, but you know also having these feminine mannerisms, it it felt like they were making fun of them more than more than not. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I really didn't like the kid out. being afraid of driving with Brittany. Oh yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, like that came right at the eleventh hour. I was like, why did you do this? You were so yeah. close. Well, and Brittany throughout is, is, is proven to be, I mean, just, just, I mean, just a nice acupuncturist who mm-hmm. sometimes, who sometimes gets shouty. Um, so there's never, it's not like the show is ever like, oh, this kid's fears are founded. Um, but yeah, the fact that they had to throw that in there at all, it was like, come on, can't you just like, you, you clearly, you don't have time to explore this. So it's better off to just not to explore like queer phobia. Yeah. So maybe, maybe don't include <laughs> it. Please. So yeah, uh, like I said, not 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 a perfect show now. Yeah. Um, but with those caveats in mind, Chiaki, I know you you uh, recommended yeah, this one as I, well I, too, I right? This like one. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, overall, I I had fun, so good. That's good. Yeah, and I I definitely felt some feelings along the way, which is always nice. Um, okay, we are over because of course we are. Um, usually we spend some time here talking about sequels and carryovers. Peter, I think you're with me. Haikyuu, still good. I'm not sure there's much more we need to say about it at this point, because like, if you're watching it, you're watching it, and if you're not, you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it continues to be my, probably my favorite Shonen Jump series. Promise Neverland is up there, but um, okay. yeah. So, I mean, that's all I can say about Haikyuu. Like, watch it. It's good. There's, it, there's very little bullshit. Um, it's mostly just a good show about volleyball dorks playing volleyball. Yeah, I didn't want to like say anything going in, but Inarizaki is like low key one of their best matches ever because it has everything. It was really good. Yeah, no, I, I had a good time this season, and I'm looking forward to them continuing to adapt it. The manga has finished, so they can they can wrap it up. Probably production IG always does great work. So Haikyuu, still good. Uh, I don't think we need to say much else. Uh, Peter, you finished Golden Kami. Is there anything you wanted to uh, point out about, say about it here at the end real quick? Uh, new season was absolutely amazing. Some absolutely wild twists. And they introduced uh, a, an older, um, like a, a grandma-aged lady who may or may not end up fighting with them later, who is super badass. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. I'm I'm gonna get to it probably eventually. I tried to start it and I realized I didn't remember who like freaking anybody is because they expanded the cast so dramatically at the end of that last season mm-hmm. and then they split everybody up and I'm like God I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> so I was struggling to uh, to get into it because of that, but uh, I do I do plan on catching up eventually. So glad glad to know there's a badass old lady to look forward to. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll definitely encourage. She's me. very good. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's it. Anything else? Or should I play us out? Oh, um, dog and cat. Animated series oh, this season. Yes, with a cat and a dog, Every Day is Fun is a two-minute short that continues to be fantastic and is continuing into the next season. Everybody should watch it. It's very cute. <laughs> it's two. very cute and fun. Um, I love that it has a season two. Yeah. So, Okay. Is that it? Yep. Are we good? Yep. I think we're good. Uh, 
Hooray. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for sticking with us long this time, folks. Um, we always go long on these. I don't know why I ever think we're not going to. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed this extra long episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, tell your friends about us. And if you really liked what you'd heard, head on over to patreon.com slash anime feminist and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Your support goes a long way towards making anime feminists happen, both in print and in your earbuds and in that nice space in between where we get transcripts for our podcast so everybody can enjoy our hollerings. Uh, if you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, you can check us out at animefeminist.com, on Facebook at AnimeFem, on Tumblr at AnimeFeminist, and on Twitter at AnimeFeminist. And that's our show. Let us know what you thought of this season in the comments, Annie Fam, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>